0: Hey everybody, this is Sean from ARVR Magazine, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Tim Akgoul, who is the program manager for the upcoming Hubraum Mixed Reality Program with NREAL. They're having a demo day on March 17th, and Tim is here to talk about the event and the exciting lineup of keynotes and startups that will be presenting on that day. So with that said, I'll see you in the episode. If you like this podcast, be sure to click the subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hoobraum. Join the Mixed Reality Demo Day by Deutsche Telekom's tech incubator, Hoobraum, with NREAL as a leading partner. Supported by Unity, Qualcomm, and Mobile Edge X, check out what's next in 2021. You can tune in to see live demos from 7.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. by following the link at www.hoobraum.com mixed reality program. Welcome to the ARVR Magazine Podcast, your source for news, trends, and analysis of the AR, VR, and immersive technology industry. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more info and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe. And now your host, Sean Early. Hey, everybody, this is Sean Early from ARVR Magazine, and today I am joined by Tim Akgoul, who is a program manager for the upcoming Hobram Mixed Reality Program with NREAL. They're having a demo day on March 17th, and Tim is here to talk about the event and the exciting lineup of keynotes and startups they'll be presenting on that day. So, uh, Tim, how's it going, man? Thanks for being on the show.
1: Hi. Hi there. Hi, Sean.
0: So, tell me about Hobram, and um, what,
1: what is Hobram? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me first. So, um, my name is Tim. I'm a, a program manager um, of Hooprom. And Hooprom, for those of you who might have not heard of Hooprom yet, Hooprom is the uh, incubator, the tech incubator of Deutsche Telekom. Um, we are located in uh, Berlin, in Germany. And we basically have also a, a international footprint. So, it's not only about Berlin and the local ecosystem, but also uh, around Europe especially, so we have a big co-working space and activities happening in Krakow, Poland, but uh, yeah, as well in Tel Aviv, not as a co-working space, but an office also in, uh, in, in representatives in Tel Aviv. And generally speaking, to understand this hubraum, is uh, not externally. It's not an own entity. We are officially Deutsche Telekom. We have an own brand as Hubraum, but we are we are basically the incubation arm and startup engagement arm of Deutsche Telekom uh, around the world and uh, located specifically in Europe. So, how long has Hubraum been around? So Hupom is here already since quite some time, so we are not here just uh, since a couple of years or something, but um, already since 2012, when Hupom was founded, Deutsche Telekom understood um, that it's important to engage with the developer ecosystem, uh, with products, with the network, with infrastructure, and also to just bring uh, possibilities for uh, developers, startups, and uh, let's say also sometimes even mid-sized companies to... Um, towards our own um, uh, uh, own customers to bring solutions, apps, products um, uh, to the market together or co-develop, co-found or even co-investigate on a technical and infrastructure level, uh, layer um, some aspects. And we are there since 2012, as mentioned, um, and we have had, a, I think, very uh, interesting and exciting journey uh, in the past, like starting from basics, such as having a co-working space for developers um, and having a, a coffee with, with a good coffee machine for everyone and a, and a nice place with a gym and table tennis to, uh, hey, we, we have an own dedicated fund where we can do investments. Uh, at the beginning, um, up to 300K, nowadays up to 1 million with uh, uh, one-time payments of 300k and then follow-up investments up to 1 million and dedicated um, uh, innovation programs that we run together with our internal stakeholders and it is a really uh, uh, intense you know um, job that we actually do because uh, if you don't do that on your own um, if you do that based on real needs of customers or real needs of business units and commercial owners in DT then uh, you have to do that for from a very let's say dedicated perspective of what kind of needs do we cater for with uh, with innovators as well so we bring those two worlds together dt world and the startup world and usually there is a lot of very exciting things happening between those two layers
0: well speaking of exciting things you have a demo day coming up it's with a big focus on mixed reality um what's going on there
1: so last year um, we have started a mixed reality program with nreal and uh, when when we started that actually it was a logical follow-up of activities that we actually run for three years now so around two or three years ago we started specifically looking into use cases and products more from an infrastructure and, and network technology layer such as how can edge computing be a benefit for different new use cases in the market. And there was always the question on what kind of use case really needs the lowest latency. So it was quite a a technical question that we had, and we run a prototyping program around that. 16 startups around the globe participated on it, and we gained uh, quite some uh, knowledge out of that, and we um, supported quite some teams which are Uh, until today, still working with us. Then after that, there was the big new topic uh, in the market. And we were the first operator, I think, even in the world that opened up our trial network infrastructure for 5G for developers. So it was from the beginning on for us an ecosystem play. And uh, here we jumped even stronger into technologies and use case areas such as gaming or entertainment. Um, So any kind of also consumer focused topics. But it was still very early stage. There was no live 5G network there. And out of that, uh, we each actually even followed the path further and narrowed it down to further uh, activities such as what kind of 5G use cases are especially interesting in the consumer entertainment area. So we run in 2020 a program with Quake Capital from the US and with um, um uh, rtl media group uh, a big publishing and media company in in germany um, a a dedicated program and we brought in again specific companies on the especially gaming and entertainment section and now the next step the next evolution for us was what is actually coming up and it was mainly the question on how is mixed reality xr ar vr how are these use cases um, and products being commercialized especially. So not anymore that much of exploration, but already going into uh, creating an actual impact for customers. And this is an area where we worked with Unreal as the new market leader, or, or the market, uh, uh, um, the really, the very interesting market player right now when it comes to uh, um, mixed reality glasses. And we were the first ones running an incubation uh, program together with Unreal as a partner. And now we see um, the outcome out of that, and this is going to be on the 17th of March as a final demo day, with 13 partners pitching what they have done and uh, exciting uh, corporate partners participating on it.
0: Right, so it's you have fun. you have a ton of startups there and you also have uh, NREAL, you have Qualcomm, you have Unity, exactly. um, they're all going to be doing keynotes. So that sounds really exciting, really looking forward to that. Um, Maybe go into um, you you mentioned in real a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, for people who aren't so up to speed with with immersive technology, I mean, these are these are three key players here. I mean, how how do they come come
1: into the play here? So actually, when you look into those three key players, more from a corporate perspective, these are the ones where really things get interesting. So on the one side you have. you have actually four different layers so when on the one side you have those companies that create the apps the new technologies or the new experiences for customers and uh, this sounds very narrow but uh, we have to (laughs) mention it a little bit this way because uh, depending on which layer you want to go down you will find interesting apps in mixed reality it can be for example in the um Productivity and collaboration area where it's more about, for example, holographic avatars uh, where you talk to each other and have a more realistic feeling of the other when you talk uh, and and um, and get in contact with other people instead of only having a Zoom call, for example. Or when you talk about um, gaming, interesting companies in that layer. So basically, or entertainment and, and uh, um, like XR shopping experiences where you really feel and experience the... Um, whatever product you want to plug for example so maybe a new shoe or any kind of clothes or anything you can actually experience that or even second screen uh, and extended screen experiences where you um, not only watch tv but watch tv and have additionally around your tv uh, additional displayed a content such as maybe on a, on a soccer pitch uh, next to the actual pitch where they play or statistics or an avatar of the players uh, or in, in basketball we have done that as well as a proof of concept so all, all of these things come from one specific layer which is um, the developers the the app developers the innovators and now you those ones especially when it comes to mixed reality they need they need um from a, uh, hardware perspective not just the smartphone but f- especially with those use cases i mentioned it is super interesting to now have this as a glasses on your face because the smartphone in a way is not really that natural uh, when it comes to xr the smartphone is still something that you need to hold in your hand you need to put it in front of your face you need to walk around with it it's it doesn't right. feel that natural so there is a logical way to the next step, which is having it actually right in front of your eyes. This is why the company Unreal comes into play. Unreal is the first time, I mean, we have seen in the last years often interesting companies in that uh, mixed reality glasses, smart glasses area, but Unreal, we have one company in there right now from China um, that does something a bit different. You have, first of all, interesting tech implemented in the nreal you have a good field of sight you have an actual 3d high quality content in front of you but if you have not yet seen the nreal i would say google nreal because you will see it has also a super nice and exciting form factor and this is often a key point because the form factor of the unreal it's not heavy it's not that big you can put it on your face you can carry it around um you and the reason for that is because it actually um or it gets most or some part of its actual processing uh, and uh, 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 and some of its uh, computing power, it just gets that out of the smartphone where it's tethered to. So in a way, still, it needs to have a smartphone that works with the Unreal. Um, but the nice part is you can basically have a smart glass on your face that does not really... Um, uh, it's not that heavy so you can also use it a bit longer so if you have ever had a vr um, let's say a device on your face you will experience that it's quite heavy at some time it gets quite hot at some time and it might be a little bit uh, annoying to have it more than maybe 20 or 30 minutes on your face and this is different with the unreal so you can use it longer and the experience is nice and now to the to the last ones so we got unity and we got qualcomm as the Um, uh, corporate partners that participate in this program and we are super happy about these partnerships because as mentioned qualcomm um, they create from a hardware level um, especially uh, the qualcomm processors snapdragon processors that enable mixed reality use cases um, first of all and then we have a unity where most of the developments of uh, startups or or developers themselves uh, they deploy they develop they create their apps in unity so uh, this is um, these are the really exciting partners to talk to to work with, and they were participating in this um, innovation program with us and supported the developers that we brought to the table uh, with dedicated workshops, dedicated sessions, UX/UI um, technical support, dedicated own specific technical support for developers from. Unity from Qualcomm, but also from Unreal directly. So it was a big chance for those developers to had, to get a hands-on uh, and a direct feedback loop to those companies I just mentioned. Right. I I, I personally am, am really excited
0: about this event. Um, I mean, I've been to a lot of immersive tech events in the past, I don't know, four or five, six years. Um, cool. This one specifically has, has sort of, it it jumped out because I think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think, you know, we, I think VR kind of had a rise. It kind of fell out a little bit. Everybody was sort of teasing augmented and mixed reality and everything. And, you know, like you said, there are a lot of different sort of headsets that we've seen um, prototypes of and a few, you know, sort of bulky examples. But I I really feel like, and I think it's really kind of an interesting statement from Deutsche Telekom as well to, to really kind of package this. Um, as an event that kind of, I mean, it's kind of touching on sort of a new phase of, of mixed reality where we're talking about, I mean, I don't know if the, the devices have a certain classification now, but, you know, it's really sort of the mobile optical um, AR experience that we've kind of been hoping for, you know, we've been talking about for years. It's kind of sort of starting to take shape, I think, and this, this, this program, this event is kind of one of the first I've seen where it really kind of focuses in on that specifically. Um, was that, was that sort of the intent or did it just sort of timing come into play there?
1: <laughs> I, I think it's both a bit, isn't it? Because uh, when you look into uh, Unreal, it's last year was the time where they actually brought something to the, to the market where they just started with, um, let's say, uh, offering also a dev kit for developers. So it's basically in a way you're right. Like VR. Uh, is much more advanced already has a completely different, uh, let's say stage where they're in right now. AR is for some parts, for some use cases, um, already quite successful, but uh, on a, on a broader and more realistic scale, not yet at the stage from an ecosystem player like VR. I mean, right. in AR you have like the typical, um, uh, examples such as, um, the the Pokemon Go example, where there are already massive of people uh, playing and uh, experiencing and enjoying AR use cases. But XR is more than only AR at the end. So, um, and there are much more things that are possible. Already looking into, for example, the question of co-watching and co-experiencing content in XR or displaying um, additional content next to your screen that you have maybe on your tv as i mentioned a bit earlier or experiencing even products in a different way or having much more um uh, much deeper experiences when it comes to multiplayer activities or interaction with other people so ar right now still in the market or last year's um, when you look to the example of pokemon go and so on it's still quite uh, simple actually you you still have one player or one person using their smartphone and basically interacting or playing with one object often um, which they place in front of them or which they can experience in front of them there is not uh, it doesn't happen right now that often at least from a bigger scale that you find use cases where you have now two or three different players or people interacting on one object together or uh, modifying, changing that even in the productivity layer, that's a big topic, isn't it? Like in collaboration in the industry. So all of this, it's all there, by the way, it's not, it's not like that these things are not there. Everything is there right now, but it did not yet have this kind of scale. And we believe, um, that XR, AR, um, mixed reality will be big, maybe much bigger even than VR. I think it will change everything. And I think we are not the only ones uh, believing this. It's always a little bit of a question of timing. And I think right, right now this is exactly the moment where you want to be in that spot. Where you, Right now is the moment where you as a developer, as an investor, as a corporate, uh, also as an operator. I mean, look, I'm speaking here uh, from a perspective of an incubator of Deutsche Telekom, which is an which is an operator, we have have the networks, we have connectivity, we have customers and all of that. But we need to also understand what is the next level of innovation in the market? What is the role to play as an operator? What is the best support of those use cases that a network can give you? And also, how can we even leverage that part for customers? So what are the big benefits and and things that customers from our side will use, will at the end also um, play around with? Or, or bring that as a B2B customer, maybe even, or B2B 2 C customer towards their customers. So uh, as an operator, we are active in all of the layers. Uh, we are in the B2B area, in the B2B 2 C, we are on the B2C layer ourselves. So in all of those plays, um, uh, we are creating content, we have music content, we have TV content, um, and uh, XR is going to be definitely the future play and uh, something not just to do prototypes in, but actually look into also from a uh, long-term commercial impact perspective. Right.
0: And it looks here like you'll be topi- talk- what, touching on, on quite a few of those industries. You have um, gaming, you have immersive entertainment TV, you have sports, um, you have productivity and collaboration. I mean, those are those are big uh Big, long, deep dives that you could take on each one of those and how they how they integrate with XR, um, and I think with these the new tech that's coming out it's 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 a pretty exciting time um tell me a little bit about the the startups that are going to be pitching there i mean how how do they get involved here how do you do they do they apply or do you handpick them or how how does it work
1: yeah good question um i actually this is something i would be very keen also to hear and listen to other people how they do it when they run incubator programs or accelerator programs but um First of all, we are not an accelerator. We are an incubator. There's a big difference. Um, as an incubator, we usually are already interested in having companies participating in programs that already have an existing um, product or already have some customers or at least are uh, in a, a little bit more mature stage. Nothing where we put, let's say, 25 or 50K or something as an support budget towards them, but where we believe they already should have more significant um, funding uh, on their side. So this is a a criteria, generally, when working in in programs with Suprom. But if sometimes there can be exceptions, if there's maybe a developer, a startup, or a company which are not yet there, but still uh, might have a very interesting concept, we might be still interested in actually talking to them or bringing them together with the right people in DT. Um, So this is our role. But to to your question, actually, so um, last year um, we created uh, an internal jury which was also um, uh, topped up with a couple of people also from those companies I mentioned from Nvidia, for example Qualcomm yeah so those guys um, also participated as a jury that um, looked into a couple of criterias that we um, used for evaluating um, some Specific startups and how we actually get to those startups was uh, a big funnel So around four to five hundred companies were on a long list on our site and this can be through referrals internally um, through fairs uh, through desktop research by some of our team members um, and Many different sources. So at the end we had around four to five hundred companies on a long list out of those ones around 150 applied uh, through our website hooprom.com so they applied on, for the mixed reality program with Unreal, and um, um, we had a couple of, uh, you know, um, uh, value communications what they can gain, what what they will get when they participate on the program. So we received quite some. Now you have to understand if you only open up your website or whatever source you used for applications for developers, um, you often just get companies in there which from an opportunistic point of view just apply because they want to maybe uh, be perceived as a company working with Deutsche Telekom because it's a good brand uh, there's T-Mobile in the US and and etc we have a footprint around Europe and around the globe so basically there are several reasons just to apply and part- the wish to participate on it not because there's the best fit but only because they might be interested in been perceived as participating in an activity with Deutsche Telekom. So we have to make sure that we always actually choose and go for companies where it's not only about this opportunistic kind of reasons to participate uh, in a program. Additionally, sometimes we just get some applications of um, developers or startups which are only interested in getting a funding and also here, as mentioned, it should not only be about funding and having the chance of 300 or 1 million uh, of DT, but actually getting uh, um, something done. Yeah? Because th- these numbers at the end are not as big, you can imagine, as a, as a big corporate. These are not real huge numbers uh, for us, even from an investment perspective. But it's more important, um, what is it actually that those startups, developers might bring on the table, what kind of use case do they work on and what is it that we can gain with them and what is it that they can gain with us. So it's always a little bit of an individual kind of checking. So having said that, from, from four to 500 companies on a long list, we jumped to 150 on a, uh, that actually applied and we invited 34 of them to four different pitch days with each around six to eight companies uh, pitching for around 10 minutes in front of the jury i just mentioned and then together uh, with the jury we um, evaluated those pitches and the content the product the potential of user excitement that they have the uh, technical fit for and real the technical fit for dt and infrastructure fit so all kinds of these uh, criteria were looked into and out of the 34 people, companies that pitched, we decided to work with um, 14 uh, at the end. Uh, one uh, uh, left the, the program for some uh, own funding issues that they actually had. So that's, again, one of the reasons why we believe it's important that there are already companies that are in a way stable enough to run and uh, work with uh, corporate such as us. So um, 13 made it then into the program and those 13 companies will be uh, having their final demo day and pitch on the 17th of March. Well, I'm
0: certainly looking forward to this. Um, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that I want to check out for sure. And especially the startups and the the new headsets and things. And um, I think it's going to be one of the more exciting um, online webinars I've seen in quite a while. Um, and definitely very relevant, like you said. And I think the timing is perfect for when this stuff is just starting to roll out. Um, and again, I, I think um, it's really great that Deutsche Telekom is kind of, you know, taking leadership role on just, uh, you know, addressing this on a startup level and an incubation level as well. Um, I think there's a there's a whole lot of opportunity in this this area that I think we're just going to start to start seeing. Um Tim, if, if somebody wants to go to this, um, how do they how do they attend?
1: So uh, they could go on hoopalm.com, and uh, I think on, on the top side in the navigation you can click on um, events, and uh, if you scroll a little bit down, but quite at the top already, you would find um, the announcement about the demo day and um, there's just a link to the registration so we use um in, in COVID times of course we do our demo days purely virtual right now right. um so there's the event right now all in, in on Hopin. um by the way um, there's uh, usually we would do all of that in, in as physical events and we would invite fly in all of those companies um we would uh, grant them access um, uh, locally to our places. We would invite people and management from DT have uh, exciting keynotes and then um, have the pitches live actually on stage with a big audience and music and all around. So usually it's a it's a big fun kind of yeah. um, event. And in this case, this is all virtual, so we had to also make this all a little bit shorter. Otherwise, people uh, fall asleep in front of their computer. So we just put it to three hours. Um, start to end and uh, so if you want to participate on it just jump on hubrom.com uh, or follow us on twitter or linkedin uh, or facebook uh, on all of the social media channels we published also event. i'll put that in the show notes definitely for yeah and you could happy. also you could also um, jump on uh, Unreal real directly and see what because they also co-promote the event so you could also uh, look into Unreal's social media channels as well
0: yeah, well, i'm I'm definitely excited about the event um and I think everybody should check this out especially if you're wondering where the future of of mixed reality and augmented reality is going I think this is this is it here and I think you got a lot of stuff jammed into three hours here so I'm really excited um Tim it was great having you on the show um thanks for coming um anything else you want to add before you sign off uh
1: not really just thanks for having me and uh yeah hopefully having uh, a couple of more people joining us so it's an open open ent- uh, event uh, tech enthusiasts and people who uh, love xr ar vr always welcome and uh, we don't bite so we are quite open for anyone so if anybody would like to uh, get in contact or find something interesting for uh, for us that we should look into and where you believe this could be an interesting case also uh, for maybe a follow up program that we run in 2021 uh, the announcement and some launch announcement might be actually also happening on the 17th. So I'm not yet allowed to say too much about it, but we will use the 17th as, as well as an announcement date for a couple of things. Uh, happy to have you there. And then um, looking forward maybe to any further uh, contacts. Well, if there's some secrets happening,
0: I'm I'm definitely there. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for being on the show, Tim. That was really great talking to you.
1: Thank you, Sean.
0: If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more info and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe.